Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Another loss for the Bucks, another losing season for the Bucks. And if that wasn't enough, we have controversy too. All that on this edition of the Rick and Tom podcast. Hey, gang, thanks for listening. Tom Jones, Rick Stroud, Tampa Bay Times along with our producer, Steve Versnick. We are recording this podcast Sunday night from the press block of Raymond James Stadium, where the Bucks lost to the Detroit Lions 24-21. You can probably hear the blowers behind us as they, what did you say, Rick? They're trying to do one? <laughs> trying to get the stench out of the stadium after a five-turnover <laughs> performance by the Bucks and three by the Lions. Boy, what an awful game. It was an awful game. We'll get into the details of the loss in just a bit and what it all means. But let's start this episode, Rick, with how Sunday started. And it started with some controversy. We woke up Sunday morning to a report from Ian Rappaport of the NFL Network, NFL.com. He wrote that essentially there's a rift between Dirk Cutter and quarterback Jameis Winston. A source told him this. So, Rick, let's get into that. When you first heard this, what was your immediate reaction to all that? That this is what happens uh, about this time of year to teams that are losing and their coach uh, is already on the ledge and it wouldn't take much to push him over. Um, I've, I've seen this before, and I'm not, I don't know who started you know, this particular uh, report. Most would assume that it came from Winston's camp, which is usually an agent uh, or someone you know, close to an agent um, or a family member, something like that. I've also seen situations where, you know, someone in the organization uh, feels like, you know, there's there, it's time to split from the head coach. So you don't know. I do know that I, you know, attempted to talk to somebody in the organization, uh, talk to a representative of uh, Winston's. Neither wanted to go on the record. Both of them denied it. Both of them said uh, it was BS, essentially. So uh, you don't know what to believe. And yet, you know, my experience tells me where there's smoke, there's fire. And Look, they're 4-9 now. Um, this is unsustainable, or it would seem to be. I'm trying to figure a path forward for Dirk Cutter and Mike Smith and all those guys. But the one thing I know, Tom, is that if the perception is or the reality that Jameis Winston is not getting better, that he needs a change to be saved and to ascend as a quarterback for this franchise, I can assure you that, that maybe that will take place if, if that's how the Glazers um, come, to, uh, you know, come to analyze this season. Yeah, we'll talk more about maybe what this means for Dirk Cutter's future and, and possibly Jason Lights. When we talk about this report, though, that Ian Rappaport have, if you're playing conspiracy theorist, I mean, there's a couple of ways we can look at it. it could, certainly, it could be somebody from Jameis Winston's camp. Uh, it could be somebody from Jason Light's camp. Jason Light, the general manager, it would make sense for him to sort of, as you say, not be caught up uh, in, in the wash with Dirk Cutter. Look, I don't, we don't know any of this is true. could be nobody. It uh, could be another player. You know, a player who's a teammate of, of Jameis, who knows Ian Rapport, could be another coach, could be John Gruden, for all we know, who's somebody who's interested in coaching. I'm tired of talking about it, man. Don't pin that on me, okay? I'm going in the <laughs> ring of honor. I'm happy to be here. Go Bucks. I don't know who it is. It might be that guy. I it, it might be none of those guys. But but let's start with what 
we found out after the game, Rick, and we talked to Jameis Winston, and you specifically asked Jameis the question. Now, look, maybe Jameis is a good liar. Uh, maybe he's somebody who can look you in the eye with a straight face and deny something when it's absolutely true. But I saw a guy, Rick, when I, and it may not have been him. Maybe he was telling the truth that was somebody in his camp. But when I saw Jameis Winston react the way he did after the game Sunday, to me that was a guy, I believed him, quite frankly, when he said. Me and, me and Coach Cutter have a great relationship, first and foremost. And we got the same goal when we go out down that football field, and that's to win the football game. So it doesn't matter what anybody else can possibly say. Uh, obviously, a lot of stuff can, can come out uh, when we're not doing uh, as, as expected. But, uh, but that's false. Okay, uh, Coach Cutter coaches his tail off, uh, and he definitely supports me. So uh, whatever anybody else got to say outside of that, you know, I it's, you can just push that. That's water up under a bridge, man. That's 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 shocking. Fine. Now he did never deny the part about maybe the offense is a little predictable. We can talk about that, but I, I just my sense watching that guy talk to us, Rick, and it could be a big act. I got the sense that it wasn't. Jameis Winston. I don't know why I feel that way. I just do. Well, I mean, you know, look, has he been frustrated of the way the season has gone? Yes. Um, is it possible that he felt um, maybe not enough was made about his effort to play with a bad shoulder and, and, and when he went 0-4 during that stretch before they shut him down? Sure. Um, but my experience with Dirk Cutter and Jameis Winston goes back before the draft, and we all know Dirk was very honest in saying that he wanted Marcus Mariota. Um, and I don't know if that is stuck in Jameis's craw or not. Uh, and, it, and it was simply because Dirk is honest and he had a history with Mark Helfrich, the Oregon coach, and so he knew more about um, Mariota. But, but I've watched these guys, Tom, work together from the time Dirk Cutter was the, the, the only offensive coordinator that Jameis has ever known. And then the reason Dirk became head coach when Lovey Smith was fired is because they liked what he was doing with Jameis. They wanted the continuity. They felt that Dirk Cutter was the guy that was going to develop Jameis the fastest, the best way, and, and they liked their relationship. And I, watched, I have watched those two men work together, and I'm here to tell you I, I haven't picked up any sort of schism between the two of them. Um, you know, is Dirk you know, a, a coach like any coach that doesn't like turnovers? Yeah. But he's defended him as much as he's pointed out his obvious flaws. And I really haven't seen uh, or even really heard of in the building there being some sort of a, uh, of a rift between the two men. I mean, now it's possible that when Jameis gets away from one buck place, he has more to say uh, about th the way things are going. I, I, again, you look at the talent they have on offense, at least perceived in terms of weapons, and they just haven't had the production and there's a lot of ways you can split that up, but it just hasn't happened. You know what I keep going back to, Rick? There was a moment, of course, remember the game last Sunday in Green Bay where Jameis turns the football over. It was really the play of the game. It cost, it cost them that game against the Packers. And you specifically in the postgame at Lambeau Field asked Dirk Cutter about, here we go again with Jameis, not knowing when to give up the journey, not knowing when to give up on the play, live the fight another day. And Dirk bought some time by saying, I don't, I don't understand what you're, what you're asking, which to me was like, if you're watching show Cops and they pull somebody over and they're like, hey, you know, is this your car? And they're like, is this my car? Like they repeat the question. <laughs> That's what it felt like Dirk Cutter was doing. And then you, you, you got him, you finally pinned him down and he understood what you were talking about. And I thought he went out of his way to say, look, 
Dirk, he's trying, or James is trying to make plays. Uh, we can't protect him very well right now. And we can't run the foot. We were, you know, there are times we don't run the football. It seemed like he was going out of his way to protect Jameis. Because so much so that I thought at the time, like, hey, he's saving his own ass here because he's tied to Jameis. But I, I, we, you gave him the chance to sort of like tear into Jameis for another turnover. And he really didn't do it. I, I don't know. Maybe I'm reading too much into it. No, that. I mean he was. No, I, I look. He's he's been he was given that opportunity two or three other times last week. Again on Monday after the game when we talked to him, somebody asked him about about that very thing. And um, you know, like I said, he he has been um, less sort of accusatory with Jameis and more uh, erring on the side of you know he's a young quarterback. He's 23. He's going to be a great quarterback. We love the way he competes. That's the best thing you can say. Jameis is how he hard he competes, and so I thought that he's done exactly you know the opposite of what this report would indicate, and that is um, back his quarterback. Now, you know, look, we all lived the four games, and there was real debate about you know whether they were doing Jameis a, a service or a disservice by playing him, and with each successive hit that he took on that shoulder, and eventually the organization got to a point or the doctors that said. He can't play. And maybe all those comments when Dirk would stand up there and we'd ask him about that, is there any chance of Jameis? Could he get hurt more? Blah, blah, blah. He, he kept saying, no, you know, all I know is he's healthy. And if he's healthy, he's going to be out there. So, I mean, there might have been something to, you know, him not backing him or making more excuses for him uh, during that period. But I, I really don't think so. And I don't think Jameis would have expected that. It, it just, you know, there's a lot of people in the ears of these players. I mean, these, these are corporations when you really think about it. You know, this is Jameis Winston Incorporated, and a lot of people are stakeholders in that corporation. So really, mm-hmm. how, much, how much, you know, credence you give any one of those people, and, and it goes into the organization too, right? I mean, you mentioned the general manager, the front office, the scouts, the, the assistant coaches. I mean, there's a number of people who needs this quarterback to remain upright uh, and headed in the in, you know headed forward under Dirk Cutter, and that's why these last four games were so important, and that's why today was so disappointing because you know we talked about what what it would take you know for for things to look right and for Dirk for for the Glazers to feel like they should continue forward, and the thing I have said is they need to win, and not only win but the quarterback in particular needs to look like he's headed the right direction. Well, today, you know, three more turnovers. Two interceptions, one to Deshaun Jackson that he probably he had Mike Evans breaking across behind him that was open and he probably made a bad decision, threw it late, got it picked off. Another one, um, he felt like O.J. Howard got held. I kind of tend to agree with him, but it was sort of into traffic between the corner and the safety, and maybe that wasn't a great throw. And then, and then the fumble, which he said, look, I don't got eyes in the back of my head, but that seems to happen far too regular. So, I mean, none of this is what you want to see uh, not just from a winning and losing standpoint, but you don't want to see Jameis Winston playing like this. Exactly. And and look, Dirk Cutter, we've said this time and time again, he's tied to Jameis Winston. The real whole reason they fired Lovey Smith, you would think, is because they were afraid of losing Dirk Cutter. The whole reason Dirk Cutter's their head coach because they thought he had some sort of relationship going with Jameis Winston. He's a quarterback whisperer. He's an offensive guru. He's the guy that's going to turn Jameis into a franchise quarterback. And it's not happening. Jameis is going the other way. You mentioned the interceptions today, Rick. The one of Deshaun Jackson. Yeah, maybe Deshaun could have fought a little harder for the ball, but it was still, as soon as it came out of his hand, we were too all late. thinking, oh, that ball's going to get intercepted. Yeah, yeah, it was thrown too late. 
And the O.J. Howard, I agree with you. I thought there was holding. You called it even before he threw it. Like, hey, O.J. Howard's getting held. You were telling me in a press box. But I'm telling you, it was such a bad throw, Rick, that he didn't even give O.J. Howard a chance to get get the officials' benefit. You know what I'm saying? Like, it was such. It was so overthrown that it's almost like the officials like, you know, well, I mean, that ball was going to be caught anyway. I I don't think. He- Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even if he wasn't held, O.J. Howard would have been able to catch it. But the point, getting back to Dirk Cutter here, Rick, and I wrote a column, you and I have been talking about it. I'm like you. I just don't see the path now for him to keep his job. You know, we talk about the path to the presidency. We're trying to figure out, okay, you win this state, you win this state, you win this state, you get, you're the president. Well, I'm looking at Dirk Cutter trying to come back as head coach. I I don't see them winning three games. I don't he see him winning get, one game. He can't get enough electoral votes. Could he win the popular <laughs> vote? Could he do that? He he can win the popular vote. He's not going to win the He's going to lose Wisconsin and Pennsylvania, I'm telling he's you. He's going to lose the Glaciers. I'll tell you what, that's what he's going to lose. Rick, they're going to end up going 4-12 and 12 here, or, or at best 5-11, and 11, and I don't think that's good well, enough. Well, the next three don't get easy. Let's put it that way because – Well, they don't get easy. And what do you hang your hat on? What do you look at? Because you can look at a lot of bad teams out there and say, okay, what am I selling? Like, how can I make the case for this coach to keep his job? And with Dirk Cutter, I don't – if Jameis was playing well, I'd say, okay, it's the relationship with the quarterback. Or if the offense was lightening up and the defense was getting gashed, then you'd say, okay, just switch the defense run. But it's there's nothing that I can point to and say, yeah, there's a reason to keep Dirk Cutter. And I like Dirk Cutter. I like him too, and I, I actually don't think he's a bad play caller. I think he knows what he's doing. I, I don't think he coaches turnovers, which seems to happen with far too many regularity. I mean, heck, I mean, even today, you know, and, and this does get to coaching a little bit. And we, we got into it last week about, you know, Dirk Cutter has a philosophy about players not losing their jobs due to injury, right? And that right. makes sense for your franchise quarterback. I mean, I don't think anybody was thinking that Ryan Fitzpatrick should play if Jameis Winston got healthy. Right. Having, well, some people did, believe it or not. But having said all that, you know, today they started Doug Martin at running back, okay? And everybody saw Peyton Barber have a really good effort last week in Green Bay. Uh, I asked about it. Dirk got a little testy about about that line of questioning um, because, you know, I'm supposed to anticipate what he's going to say. But nonetheless, <laughs> they, they started Doug today, and, you know, and Doug averaged under three yards a carry and had an enormously bad fumble, um, costly fumble inside the 30-yard tw- the line uh, as they're going in for a score. And so, and then they play Peyton Barber the entire second half. They bench Doug Martin, and Barber actually plays really well. Yeah, and 58 it does a yards. Nice job. 58 yards in the second half. 12 carries, yeah. 58 yards. You put that out over a whole game, you're talking about 100, you know, 160. Going over 100 again. Yeah. yeah. And so, you know, it just, you know, that's a coaching decision, right? That That's one that, hey, you know, look, we all know, including Dirk Cutter, I'll tell you who's not going to be back here next year. I'm still not sure about Cutter. I'm absolutely sure about Doug Martin. I don't care who coaches here. I, I, Doug Martin's not going to come back this after, after this season. There's no way. Uh, right. His production, you know, look, do you realize that for the last five years he's rushed for under 500 yards? Yeah. 
It's hard to believe. And but you wonder though, is Dirk Cutter putting Doug Martin out there? Clearly, he thinks he gives him the best chance to win more so than Peyton Barber does. I don't know. He's if it's hoping a thing to catch. I think he's hoping to catch lightning in a bottle. I think he's thinking that you know if we can run block the way we did it at the Green Bay, the problem is you don't have Green Bay's linebackers playing today that didn't want to tackle Peyton Barber or maybe anybody else. But my point is, is that yeah, the path forward. What would it look like? Well. The last five games, I've been saying they need wins. You know, that's the only thing you can really judge a, a team on. Now, you could say, well, what if they don't won today with five turnovers? That really happens. But if it did, it was a tie game, 21-all, would people say, well, they really look bad. It doesn't really matter. Uh, the Lions were terrible. It, they might. But I'm telling you, when you walk out of here with a win, at the end of the day, the first thing they're looking at is record. And not just your overall record. They've got three more NFC South games. Tom, if they go winless in the NFC South, if they go 0-6 after last season going 4-2, and um, there's really not – I mean, how do you explain that? How, I mean, and again, we all know what's happened this year. It's been weird things, right? There's yeah, been – I mean, yeah, the sure. injury to Jameis. Until now, I would have told you that the injury to Jameis Winston was the story of this football season. And injuries on defense, whether it's Noah Spence – um, you know, of late, you know, they had Levante was out for a while. Look, Levante David has 13 tackles today. I mean, the Quan, Quan Alexander finally played well. He hasn't played well in months. Um, there, there are factors that have sort of conspired against the Bucks, But every team has them. I mean, hell, the Green Bay Packers are still in the playoff hunt, and they just played four or five games with a guy that can't throw for 100 yards. So nobody cares, and it's just but, – but watching Jameis these last two weeks, I thought he played – better in Green Bay than he did today, although you look at the numbers, again, it gets back to one thing, turnovers. And each turnover yeah. has a story. But, boy, when you go out there and you lay the ball on the ground or throw it away five times in a game, that, that comes back on your head coach whether you want it to or not. Here's the thing, too, Rick. I think when you get to the end of the season, they, they, you, look at, you tend not to look at maybe necessarily how the season ended or the last three or four games. You, you look at it as a whole. And you, you're right, Rick. They're going to look at that record. If it says 4-12 – and then you start thinking back about, well, who'd you beat? No, not Yeah, I know you had close losses. You should have maybe beaten the Patriots and you had a chance to beat the Packers. But then you start looking around and say, wait a minute, we beat Mike Glennon was one of the wins. Then you beat Josh McCowan. That's another one of the wins. Then you beat a New York Giants team that's pitiful. They're having one of their uh, historically bad year in New York. Fire and, and then you coach. Right, and then you beat a Dolphins team that had Jay, Jay Cutler and, and Matt Moore. I mean, those are your wins right now. And it's hard to, to it's hard to say. Look, you, that we should come back, even if they win a couple of these games, Rick. I, at the end of the day, do you, is this team that much better? Do you think they're in much better shape with Dirk Cutter? I, I don't know how to. And, and I understand you don't want to get in this habit of every two years going to change coaches. That's no. I get that, but boy, I just I just don't see how he survives it. Well, I, I've I, had this discussion with the Glazers, and 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 they understand they're complicit with this team not winning. You know, going going to the playoffs, not even going to the playoffs for ten years now. Okay, this is now a losing season. They're, they've had two winning seasons. Okay, since they fired John Gruden, two, one under Raheem Morris at ten and six, they didn't make the playoffs. Last season under Dirk Cutter at nine and seven, they didn't make the playoffs. So last ten years since firing John Gruden, they've they've not had you know they've had eight losing seasons. So. What are you selling? And, and, and the thing is, you know, it's hard to convince the Glazers that coaching doesn't matter. When you look out to the West Coast, where my friend Jeff Fisher used to go 7-9 and nine every year, 8-8, <laughs> eight and eight, 
And now here comes Sean McVay, the young, energetic, uh, play-calling you know, head coach of the Rams, and all of a sudden they've got 10 or 11 wins. It's very difficult sell. Their argument to continuity is, yeah, but we have higher standards than this. We're going to find our coach. We're going to keep trying. So I get it. Well, they, they, you could try to sell that, but you, you just mentioned sell is a big word, Rick. I mean, you got people, you got corporate sponsors. They want to buy tickets. The, the stadium was half empty today. Oh, a lot of blue, wanna, by the way. A lot of blue. You want to get people excited about this? You want to get people to renew season tickets? And I don't know that Dirk, and again, look, I like Dirk Cutter. It's nothing personal. I, I don't think he's a bad coach, but you're trying to sell a product here, too. And maybe John Gruden sells that product a little bit better than, than Ouch, babe. somebody else. Well, did you just I mean, did you just do that? Did you just right. he, how how high in the story? How high was he in your Gabe story? Well, I, I I left it as a kicker. It's funny we sit here and we write from Raymond James Stadium where we're doing this podcast, and no sooner did we come up from uh, the locker room that you know these giant scoreboards that they paid all this money for, and they're about yeah. the size of a, of a of a skyscraper really when they post it up there. The biggest promo for the next the next game, December eighteenth, Monday night football, was a big mug of John Gruden holding the Lombardi Trophy. Are you kidding me? I tell you what, man, I'm gonna be there Monday night, man. I can't believe I'm going to the Ring of Honor. I'll be honest with you. It's gonna be but an interesting. There he was, and then and yeah. then we saw it. We tweeted it out, pictures of it, <laughs> and then all of a sudden they went dark. <laughs> Absolutely. Hey, more bad news too, Rick, is Gerald McCoy left the game on uh, Sunday. Yeah. I, I don't. We don't know all the details yet about how badly he's hurt. He hurt his. Uh, was it his bicep? Or bicep. His yeah. Bicep. His bicep. I look, Rick. I saw the reaction on the sidelines. Now after the game, I guess he looked a little bit better. I, I, if I had to guess, gut feeling, I'm not sure he plays again this season. Maybe he does, but well, he didn't look I mean, you, you have three weeks, and and all I'll say is that um, this is a guy whose first two seasons were wiped out by he, he actually tore both biceps and had to have surgery on both of them. And so, if you're the Bucks, you're hopeful that's not the case that he doesn't require surgery. Um, but certainly, you know, that sort of injury to a defensive lineman um, who has to push with his shoulders and use his arms on every play, as Gerald does, I don't think – I think his value is too high for them to, uh, to decide. I think he'll play if he wants he, to, too. I if, mean, he if, play, if he can play, he will. He will. But, but I, I don't – and he didn't know the extent. He sounded a little better after the game than what we thought, but we'll see on Monday where, where they have him. They end up turning the ball over five times. Rick, uh, Jameis, after the game, continues to talk about not wanting to turn the football over, and yet he keeps turning the football over. You mentioned, too, a couple fumbles. Defensively, I guess that's how they end up hanging around this game, right? Because defensively, again, a lot of bend, don't break. Um, but Levante David, again, forced another fumble. They had also, what, a couple interceptions? So. Two interceptions, yeah. Brent Grimes and uh, Robert McLean. And, and, you know, Matthew Stafford, had a really, really good game with the exception of those picks, and it didn't look like you know he came in with a banged-up hand. They could not lay a finger no. on Matt Stafford. I don't know that I've watched a quarterback never even so much. Dirk Cutter said they hit him a couple times. I'll be damned if I remember that. Um, they, they literally did not have a sack. He threw it 44 times, I think, uh, yeah. in the game. And if you're launching 44 times with Matthew Stafford and he doesn't have to – worry about a pass rush you're probably going to lose but he did he did keep him in the game uh with those interceptions a little bit 
36 of 44 he was, which is pretty remarkable for 381 yards. And as you mentioned, two interceptions. So all but six of his passes <laughs> he were caught. Yeah, were caught. Yeah. Somebody caught him. Uh, yeah. But you think about it, a guy throws for almost 400 yards and you turn the ball over five times and you still had a chance. They had the ball with three minutes left, three and a half minutes left. Yeah. Had a chance to go down and score and, t- and, and take the lead or win the game, which is, which is remarkable. But um, still another loss. They'll finish the season with at least nine losses, if not more, but another losing season for the Tampa Bay Bucks. It is John Gruden week. We'll talk more this week about Gruden coming back to Ray J for Monday Night Football and also for the Ring of Honor. Dirk Cutter was asked about that, so I'm sure we'll discuss that as the week goes on. And a you real think? interesting week. Yeah, I think a couple of times, yeah. <laughs> is that going to uh, come up? I think it will. I think. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everybody. Subscribe to us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also find us on Twitter. We're at Rick Tom Podcast. Strahd is at NFL Strahd. Tom Jones is at Tom W. Jones. Thanks to our producer, Steve Verstick. Have a great day, everybody. We'll talk to you next time. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.